0: Thank <music> you. This is Donna Otto and we are Modern Homemakers. Thank you so much for joining us and for those of you who have been joining us for a long time. If you're new to us, we welcome you and we often start our broadcast by saying, welcome, welcome, welcome. Ah, someday I'll see your faces. Someday I'll be able to do what I'd love to do is sit at a table with you and have a cup of coffee and get to know you individually. I know a lot about women, but that's general. And I know a lot of women, and that's specific. And there's no way I could get to know all of you. But I do want you to know that the team of people who prepare these lectures, and I prepare the lectures, but prepare for podcasting and putting things online and changing the website and the board members who support and keep Modern Homemakers in line doing the things that we've agreed to do, often pray for you. So we welcome you. There are many things on the website that are available to you, some for purchase, some a lot of free resources that are one-page items. Sometimes they're linked to a series that we have done, books that we recommend, audio uh, a thousand podcasts or more, but more than that, there are some video series that we would encourage you to look at. So, especially the one that is called um, Choices Matter, Choices Matter. That has been a life phrase for me, choice is a decision and the choice I make matters and i have an opportunity to make choices all over the place many years ago i i came to the realization that the number of choices we had about everything was increasing. I counted the loaves of bread. There were 96 choices. I counted the toilet seats because we were remodeling our bathroom, and I went to the Home Depot to buy one. And if I remember right, there were 47 different toilet seats. And all I said to the guy who was helping me was just give me a white one. Well, do you want an oval or round? Just a white one. Do you want a split seat or not? And I said, do you just not have a plain white one? He said, come with me. And I went with him down the aisle, and I looked up. I can still feel that. I looked up, and there, there was a pink one and a fuzzy one and a striped one and every color you could imagine. And I thought, oh, just give me a white one. Let me out of here. And then the bread and the cereals. And now that, that incident was at least 20, 25 years ago. Now the choices we have, it's overwhelming. It's just overwhelming. And I think when it comes to anger, I would say to you that choices matter. And in the series that I did, 24 hours of teaching, a gift from Precept Ministries and Kay Arthur, who was a friend, they allowed us to use their studios, their producers, their equipment, their makeup studio, everything. And we, a team of us, went to Chattanooga, stayed in their facilities, and broadcasted, didn't broadcast, video to 24 hours of teaching over the course of seven days. Man, I was a machine in those days. And we came to recognize how important that choice you make is. So I would encourage you to look at those videos. Today is the last in this four-part series on anger, and it was provoked... I chose that word intentionally, by a passage that we looked at in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus himself tells us that anger is akin to murder, anger that is not controlled, anger that is not handled. And we've been talking about various ways to do that. Today, I want to remind you that anger in the Word of God and anger in the world and anger in your world are the three anchors that we've been talking through. So if you miss the first, second, or third, go back and listen to them and um, move forward. We went to, when we ended last, we were talking about Ross Campbell's book um, when he talked about the anger ladder for children. Mm. How I wouldn't love to be sometimes on a broadcast, uh, particularly a newscast, where they are showing two people angry and yelling and hitting. And I think I'd like to just put that ladder that Roth Campbell made and put up and how, what, what starts on the lowest rung, which is biting and hitting. Your children... Isn't it amazing? You never, I've never met a mother who said, I just bit my child to show them how to do it. They just know that they don't have many things to do, but they can bite and they can hit. So the anger ladder that our children face is, is huge. Children that we are still training and raising and disciplining, this anger ladder will be a great help to you. Anger, as we've been talking about this week, is a natural response our self-responding to things that have thwarted us to goals that have not been accomplished. Handling this anger in our children may be the most difficult area of training we ever handle. The difficulty often comes because we respond with our own anger and it can be destructive and confuse a child much quicker. And as a child, they have limited expression, they bite, and they kick, and they hit, and they act out. So if you're acting out, speaking out, crying out, screaming out, then it's very difficult for a child to learn how to be angry. Hitting, kicking, throwing toys, this behavior must be dealt with as a mother and a father. Verbally, they often say, I hate you, or other dis disrespectful things. This cannot be acceptable behavior. Now, I'm not going to get into training the will of a child. We have that series available if you want to listen to it, but it is a training process. I promise you that your child, if they have not said, I hate you already, they will before they become an adult and maybe even after they become an adult. But suppressing it, forcing them to not say that, is makes it more difficult for them to be mature adults. Campbell calls this the punishment trap. Punishing is not the way to treat this kind of behavior. Mamas, we must be on guard of our own anger, our own explosions, our own dumping on a child that makes a helpless child even more helpless feeling. Um, Things like, I never want to see you again, yelling, screaming, hitting out of anger, stop that talk or I'll smack you. You just cannot say these things to your children. And if you've never learned how to handle your own anger, or you were raised in an environment that did not suppress their anger, was passive aggressive, these things are really close to the surface. And who can make you more angry than your child? Your husband may be, but you know, the scripture is very clear to say that in child bearing, we will be sanctified. Why is that? I have never said this to a mother face to face or a group that someone disagreed with me. Maybe I should say this all the time because people agree with me, (laughs) but I said, who I would ask the question, who draws you to your knees of prayer most in your world, your husband, your friends, your church? Your children, your children, your children. I I don't really understand it. I do think sometimes I understand it because these children, for the majority of us, grow up in our wombs or we adopt them. And in our adoption process, we make an even better decision, I think, than the decision we often make to have a child. When we do these things to our children, yelling, screaming, hitting, hitting out of anger, we effectively close the child to learning how to handle his own anger. And more than that, we don't say to them that anger is an okay emotion. We're just not to cause ourselves to sin. Better not do that again. However, we know that his anger will pop out someplace else if they use passive aggressive expressions. And this makes disciplining for you, training. A nightmare, just a nightmare. Passive is closed, secluded, not open, and not honest. A child dawdles, is stubborn, forgetful. These are things that get to a parent, aren't they? How many times have I told you? I told you we were leaving home at 9 o'clock. And the one way that... uh, children do to get back at us is, um, especially during the years before they're toilet trained or are being toilet trained, they soil their panties. It is quite an intentional thing. You can make me go to school, but you can't make me get good grades. You can tell me what I'm going to eat, but you can't put food in my mouth and make me chew it. And and you can't see what I'm eating when I'm not with you. I have had mothers say to me, I don't know. I put before my child this kind of food. I I buy the best. And they're just getting fatter and fatter. And I say, what grade is your child in? Sixth grade, is he with you all the time? No. You cannot tell a child What he's going to put in his mouth all the time. You cannot. I can remember a young woman who became a very important part of the homemaker's ministry as she grew. And she came to me and she had a daughter who was refusing to eat. And what should I do? And I said, Well, what have you tried? And she tried all the right things, just all the right things. And I said, Well, there it is. You're going to leave it right there. But you're going to ask God, What is it that this child? is trying to get your attention about. Oh, maybe 10 days later, I went on a walk with this woman, and she said, your advice to me was perfect. And I said, well, thank you. That's very kind. I don't remember what I said, but what happened? She said, well, I went to the Lord and said what you would said, which is, what is making this child so upset? that they're refusing to eat and make such a drama at the table. And and I can still picture it because she said, I told the child, they could not leave the table until they cleaned their plate. And she said, at 1130, I sent her to bed. And she said, I didn't want to send her to bed, but I had to go to bed myself. And I thought, you see how that stuff just doesn't work. I said, so what, what did the Lord tell you? And she said, what the Lord told me was that this child, and she had five children, was not getting enough of my time. I can clearly remember it because this was a girl child in the middle of those five children, and what my friend did, uh, we we talked about ways. And I said, "Well, if you believe that's what it is, then what are you going to do?" We talked about ways to do it, and she took the middle of the week. This was how she remembered it: the middle child, the middle of the week, and she said, "Everybody, clear out of here." This child and I are going to make a dessert together. That's how it started. That little child felt for the first time that she had her mama's attention. These things happen to us. We have to be moms and dads who are aware of behavior and aware of what passive progressive behavior looks like and close enough to the father to listen to the father, the heavenly father, who gave birth to this child and who will care for this child till his death. Unlike you, the mother, who will not have that kind of power over a child. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. And these behaviors can be indirect. They can be self-defeating. They can be destructive. They can be releases of pet anger about other things. But it's not that we can fix it. We need to help a level of understanding. We need to recognize and help them understand that being angry is an emotion, that it's okay, and that we just need to be able to handle that anger. We need to be able to speak it without hurting anyone, and we need to be able to be clear with it passive-aggressive behavior is the most common behavior. So understanding what passive-aggressive is and what it looks like, remembering that anger is normal, remembering that Jesus felt anger, remembering how you've come through your own anger training courses, whether it's in life or in a course to help you develop anger resistance. Anger if suppressed, will come out passively. And passive is destruction. Training a child is the answer. And sometimes we train to suppress. We train to be passive. We train to do what is proper. It is difficult. It is a long and tedious process. For 16 and 17 years, we are training them to do what is proper. We think that is good. But in fact, It teaches them to suppress or be passive or to be immature. The most mature is verbally pleasant and with the person who you feel angry. By the time a child is six or seven years old, he can say that he is angry and what he is angry about. Now, you can't be angry about everything, Mom. You know, once you give the power of that to a little child and say, now tell me what it is, Johnny. What are you angry about? And the child tells you, okay. Now, what are we going to do about that? Sometimes we can fix things. Sometimes we can't fix them. The Ephesians tells us that we are not to provoke or exacerbate our children to anger. Do you do that? Do you have a child who's very different from you and you're forcing that child to live life in your way? I promise you, you are provoking or exacerbating that child to an anger, whether it's released or it's stuffed. So what are we going to do? What are you and I going to do as women of faith, as wives, as mothers? We must learn to express our own anger. We need to be able to verbalize it. We need to be able to be pleasant about it. We need to be able to verbalize it pleasantly and not expect anything to change. And we need to, with our children, those of you who are raising young children right now, you need to continue to verbalize the truths and being pleasant and making time for them to verbalize back to you. You need to control your own anger. The Bible's very clear what he says about anger. And I tell you, I have for years talked about the hurried life. I've said a thousand times we should never tell our children to hurry up. We should have time to raise our children to make them know that they are loved by God and loved by you It takes time. It doesn't just take knowledge and information. It takes time. And may I tell you, of all the things that our culture today is robbing from us because it's offering us things that we have a hard time saying no to, is time. We all have the same amount of time. We have seven days and 24 hours a day. And then sometimes we look at someone and we say, how do they get all that done? Well, they get it all done by understanding their own priorities and God's priorities. We're not going to talk about that today, but maybe I'll move into a session on priorities very soon. Remember this, the biggest and highest priority of yours is to serving and loving God, learning to listen to what God is calling you to do in every situation. His spirit, which was left with us, when Jesus went to the cross and went back to heaven to be with God. The Holy Spirit lives within us. Those of us who have said, yes, I surrender myself to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. He lives within you. Learn to listen hard and then do what he tells you to do. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of listening for helps about anger.